Welcome to the 104 Sports Report, hosted by Alex Brooks and Brian Burroughs, the main source for Oswego sports, a member of the Oswegonian Multimedia Network. Let's get into it. Welcome in to another episode of the 104 Sports Report, episode 6 of season 6. Alongside me, as always, Brian Burroughs. I am Alex Brooks. And Brian, it was a bittersweet weekend for Oswego Athletics. Yeah. We had one team, the men's basketball team, moving on to the Sweet 16 uh, for the second consecutive season after hosting uh, a pod for um, this past weekend. And then we had men's hockey losing to Plattsburgh in the SUNYAC Championship and then women's hockey losing to Cortland in double overtime. Yeah, it was a tough weekend for hockey fans. Game wasn't great. Really wish that they had uh, just played a little better. Yeah. I would have loved to see them in the NCAA tournament. But for the men's basketball team, great weekend, huge wins uh, versus some really tough opponents. So that was amazing to watch. And you mentioned they got to host the rounds of 64 and 32. So it was, just, it was a fun weekend. Usually, but I think I like bittersweet is a good way to put it. So, yeah, but I think we'll start with some men's hockey talk. Yep. As you say, they lost to the Plattsburgh Cardinals in regulation, SUNY and a championship right here in the Deborah F. Stanley Ice Arena. Tough one. Yeah. Tough one. Really tough one. It, the Cardinals got on the board so fast. Two minutes into the game, they were already when like they're already up, and then really chippy game, really really chippy game. Lots of penalties. Plattsburgh had three power plays. Oswego had four power plays. No goal scored on between the seven power plays and also a four on four opportunity in the second period when there was competing roughing calls. But uh, it was a rough game. Plattsburgh got a 2-0 advantage late in the third. Tommy Cahill, slap shot from the point, got hit, put the Lakers on the board finally, but it was less than a minute to go. They weren't coming back from that. Yeah, I mean, just looking at this game for uh, yeah Plattsburgh versus Oswego, I mean, you know, I was watching this game. I wasn't uh, working. I know, Brian, you were working at the WTOP 10. Um yeah, I w- when I was watching this game, I was just like, what a great goaltending play by um, the Plattsburgh uh, goaltender. Eli Schiller, Eli Schiller had a day. Schiller was just on point. And, he- and remember, he was not the one we saw in net during no. whiteout. Nope. So they made a change in um, mid-season, mid-season change to yeah. Schiller. And now uh, that proved really well as they won the SUNYAC championship in um, the Deb, as you mentioned. And, you know, Oswego didn't go down without a fight, though. I mean, it, it seemed like they were, you know, dead in the water for the first three and a half, or first two and a half periods. And then Tommy Cahill just revving the Deborah F. Stanley Arena up with yeah. that goal, with that late goal. But. You know, it was too little too late as they were unable to do um, anything with those last, that like, 
50, 40, 50 seconds left yeah. in that. And, um, yeah, they were unable to take it. But, you know, Plattsburgh, you know, they, they played a good game. They played a really good game in between the pipes. Um, and then you mentioned, I mean, for Oswego, it's been like this all season. We've seen it. They haven't been able to take advantage of the power play. Yeah. I mean, special teams. I mean, you stress it enough when you're on the perch yeah. at WTOP 10. You stress the special teams. That is what determines a win and a loss here in the SUNYAC. And, I mean, for both teams, 0 for 3 for Plattsburgh, 0 for 4 for Oswego. I mean, whoever was coming out of this game, that is going to be the number one they stress, the number one thing they're going to stress going into the NCAA tournament. Because when you are, when you have those opportunities to go on a power play, especially a four-on-four, I mean, you are expected to score uh, these goals, and it's just, it just wasn't able to happen for Oswego. But congrats to Plattsburgh, they're on to the NCAA tournament. Yes, congrats to them. They have a game. Uh, who, coming, I believe this coming week against I have they get Saturday, March 11th versus number nine Norwich University. Plattsburgh gets the home game because they are got the auto auto bet. I believe Norwich was a, I believe they they got the um, at large, um, but Plattsburgh, uh, congratulations. You know, coming into enemy territory, especially your biggest rivals territory. The dead was packed. It was rocking. They did what they had to do. Yeah, and I mean, Brian, we are juniors here at Oswego. Next year's whiteout, it is going to be oh, rocking. It's going to be insane. It's going to be insane. If you thought whiteout before this year was going to be rocking, knowing that Plattsburgh came in and pretty much wiped the floor and pretty much shut you out for most of the game... And now coming into next year, whenever Whiteout is, that is going to be the game that ever that Ed Gosick and this Oswego men's hockey team is circling because that rivalry, yeah. as I said early in the, a couple episodes ago, the Oswego Plattsburgh rivalry in men's hockey is officially back. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a good one, and it, and you know what, you get, we get to see Scheller versus. Shell for the next four years oh. or three years from, the, from now. Yep. Both freshman goaltenders, both true freshman goaltenders, yep. and it's just going to be the battle. Those two battling it out for the next three years, and whoever comes out on top could. I mean, this could be with the two of them, the top two teams in Suniac for the next three years. Don't want to forget about Geneseo, but yeah. the way they looked this year, I don't know if they'll take a step up, take a step back. Who knows? Yep. But Oswego and Plattsburgh definitely going to be. A rivalry that is just going to be heating. I think heating up even more with these two freshman goalkeepers, goaltenders. Right, and watch out for Buff State. I mean, them too. Yeah, they were able to pretty much shock the Suniac this year. Yeah, I mean, they. I, I believe they're going to take a step up this year or, or this next year, and they're going to make some noise. So, I mean, if you look at it, I think Buff State. Geneseo, Oswego, and Plattsburgh are going to be those top teams. I mean, everything could shake up. I mean, you could probably see maybe Potsdam come up there. You might see um, – you could see any team really do it. I mean, you've seen Buff State this year. Maybe we'll see Morrisville and Potsdam come up there. Yeah. You never know. Who but, knows, yeah. Um, but that's all for next year 
as we're going to talk about that later. But yeah, we're going to move over to women's hockey. They didn't play this week because they took a double overtime loss February 25th. So let's go back to February as we're here in March. And this was in the Newell semifinals. We talked to Ashley McGrath early in that week. And, man, it was um, – that was a tough one. That was yeah. definitely a tough one. Um being able to not, um, being able to take them to double overtime. I mean, I said it was going to happen in overtime. That Oswego was going to win. They just pretty much doubled down and went into double overtime, but they were unable to pull it off. As uh, Jillian uh, Hlaznik, if I'm saying that right, was able to score, and her, I'm guessing her sister, sister yep. Mia Hlaznik, was able to be uh, assistant on that game-winning goal so kind of a kind of a sweet moment for the Lozniak family being able to see both of their uh, uh, both of their daughters uh, succeed on that last goal and yeah. go into the championship but yeah as we mentioned for the men's hockey team 0 for 4 for Cortland 0 for 2 for Oswego I mean the special teams we can't stress it enough Brian the special teams is what is going to matter in these games yeah, it's something they got to turn. They got to turn it around a little bit. I mean, over two is not too bad. That definitely could be worse. They, Cortland did a really good job in this in the game just in general, not taking penalties. They look. There's they took three total in the game. One of them was again competing roughing calls in the first period. So it was just a four on four, um, not no man advantage for either side. Their first the Oswego's first power play opportunity was in the second period. Um, and then uh, one more in the in overtime, and they couldn't take advantage of them. But you gotta get, give it to Corlin for not for playing smart hockey, because yeah. you look at it the other way. Oswego took five penalties, mm-hmm. giving Cortland four different opportunities on the power play. Luckily, their penalty kill came up strong, but there just wasn't enough in the game in general. Yeah, and Cortland moved on to the Newell. Uh, championship that was this past weekend, and Plattsburgh. They weren't able to. Yeah, exactly, Plattsburgh. Uh, they weren't able to do anything. Two nothing Plattsburgh in Plattsburgh. So they take the Newell once again, and you know Brian, that's not really a shock no. because uh, Plattsburgh, their only loss in the Newell was against Portland, and that was, I believe, it was in Portland. Yeah. So. They had a lot of motivation going into this game where they were going to be like, yeah, we're actually the best team. You're not going to upset us. Yeah, so. there was no beating Plattsburgh. Plattsburgh, yeah. I, don't, no, I don't think anyone's beating them for a while. No. They're, they're good. You know what? Plattsburgh is a hockey school. It is. They just, they just, they just doubled down on the student championship in hockey yep. for both men. One for men's, one for women's. Congrats to them on that. North Country's really celebrating right now yeah. up in uh, up in Blacksburg. Yep. Um, but, yeah, there's not really – I mean, going from here, Brian, you talk about uh, Coach uh, Digby and this women's hockey program. What do you see for these uh, this next uh, year coming into here? There's going to be a lot of people to step up. They're losing a, a big senior class. Uh Lauren Jones, yeah, she didn't see a lot of ice time this year, unfortunately. 
Kylie Grug, that's a big loss. Taylor Hudon, big loss. Ariella Haas, big loss. Mia Convoy, another player who has a lot. Morgan Shine, that's another big loss. Zenstein, huge loss in the defensive. And Avery Webster. Man, all these big losses, Brian. That, Jeez, but like, like I obviously like like a college sports seniors play the most. They get right. the most ice time because they just have the experience. But like, like literally, like these seniors were some of the most impactful players no on the ice yeah. this season for them. Um, so I mean, obviously, we're, you return a couple people. Kenzie Malone, she looked good this year, and when she was playing, so hopefully she'll take even a bigger step next year right. as a uh, transfer from Augsburg. Kirkosis will get a bigger role. Rachel Corbett, hopefully, yeah. will t- step back up. I know she wasn't playing too much this year. Yep. Bednarik is still coming back. But, like, again, and obviously Ashley McGrath, only a sophomore. She'll hopefully just continues her rise from this year. Right. Um, but they're losing a big chunk of their production and a big chunk of their um, just minutes on the ice. Right. I mean, Ariella Haas was their points leader. Um Zenstein, 17 points from the defensive side. 13, like she had 13 assists. That was uh, the second on the team. So Avery Webster, 10 assists. That, like, she's up top five in assists on the team. So you're losing a big chunk. Morgan Shines, 10 points this year, six goals, four assists. That's a that's a big output for a team that they're only six six goals was a tie for third highest in the team. Mm-hmm. So you're losing a lot in this senior class. They're going to need people to step up next year. They're going to need to do a good recruiting class between transfer, Division One transfers, other Division Three transfers, and some freshmen. But yeah. uh, next year is going to look a little sh- – could start a little shaky mm. when they're losing a lot of people who played a good, had a lot of ice time. Yeah, you definitely said it, Brian. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at the home and away record for uh, the Oswego women's hockey team. Pretty similar. 7-5-1. Um, at home, seven and six away. That has to improve. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're you're gonna look at this, and especially away. I mean, um, no, excuse me, especially home because away is obviously harder to play. And home, you, you got to do better with those um, with that record. I mean, seven five and one. Yes, it's nice, but most of those losses. Um, Two of those losses were against Adrian to start the season, so that didn't really help. Um, a really tough team. But then you look at their schedule um, during January and December. I mean, you know, Amherst College, Plattsburgh. I mean, there there was just a lot of uh, there was just a lot of home decisions that they weren't able to take advantage. of. Yeah, I mean, they had a really tough non-conference schedule this year. I mean, you yeah. said it, Adrian. One of the best teams in the country. At the, when we when we ran into Amherst, I think they were a top five team in the in the poll. Right. Plattsburgh, obviously top like top three, I think the entire season. We played them three different times. Like Utica was is a top. I think it was a top fifteen team when we played. I think they still are a top fifteen team. Um, so it's tough. They had a really tough non conference schedule. I I wonder. If Coach Digby will walk that back a little bit, I know it's hard. They can't do a lot of travel once the season starts, so you just kind of have to play who's around you. Right. And unfortunately, that comes in the likes of Amherst, Utica, Nazareth teams that are teams that are good, have good programs. But you're gonna, I think, they might have to walk it back just a little bit with the non-conference schedule to boost just their own chances of winning. Mm-hmm. But you never know. Who they could come out next year with a very similar schedule. 
and run through it. Right. And we'll just have to see if that happens. Um, they, you know, it, it's very, it's very um, early right now, and I know they just got off of two, you know, semifinal, um, you know, or semifinal loss this season. So it's kind of a little early to talk about next season, but, you know, we're still trying to preview it, see what happens. But now we're going to move over to the men's basketball. But before we do, Brian, talk about, uh, talk about some. Uh, oh, yeah. Ad reads for the Osagonian. Yeah, so the Osagonian is the independent student-run newspaper of SUNY Oswego. Every Friday during the semester, the writers and staff release a weekly edition of the paper. Each edition contains the latest news, sports, reviews, and opinions from the writers of the Oswegonian. Check out each story online on the Oswegonian website. Great work over there for the ladies and gentlemen of the Oswegonian. Yeah, they really, they really do a great job. I mean, being able to just get a newspaper out every week. I mean, that, you know, that's... That's impressive. That's, that's very impressive. impressive, yeah. You know, like, I mean, you know, we talk about how we're able to, you know, put on some shows and NYO's, you know, a lot of good schedule, but also, I mean, you need to have writers. I mean, if you don't have yeah. enough writers, your your newspaper won't be as, uh, won't be as good as, you know, maybe your last. So, you know, great job over there for the Osmogonian helping us out uh, to be able to... Do this podcast. Do this podcast. But we're going to move over to some men's basketball. As as I mentioned, it was bittersweet. But uh, here comes the sweet part of the bittersweet weekend as the men's basketball team heads to the Sweet 16 for the second consecutive season after hosting the yep. 64 and 32 rounds. And Brian, I mean... You know, they won the SUNYAC championship 74-63 against Brockport. Really good game. Really good game. Um, and then they pretty much kept up that success against Marymount and John Carroll. I mean, that John Carroll and Marymount game, they were pretty close. Yeah. You know, it wasn't as much of a blowout as they've done in the SUNYAC. But, you know, a win's a win, you know. Yeah. A win is a win. And able to do that and get to the Sweet 16... It was very impressive, and now they have to face uh, none other than the uh, best team, yeah. Randolph-Macon College. R- reigning the national champions. defending champs. national champions. So, very yeah. tough test, Brian. <coughs> After you uh, cough up a lung, uh, take it away. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, first, first I'm going to start. We'll go back a little bit because we didn't get a chance to talk about just the Sudanian playoffs in general. Right. Ran into New Paltz in the, in, the fir- in the semifinal, 73-68, then... As you mentioned, Brockport, 74-63. Those scorelines look similar, but the games were not similar at all. Yeah. New Paltz, they really didn't play very well. It was tough shooting night from the team. They really, I don't want to say lucked through the win, but it was experience and yeah. just kind of good play when it, when they needed it. But as a, as a whole, that game wasn't great. Coach right. Leon said it in the post-game press conference. He was like, this, we won tonight because our players are experienced in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like a team that a, a younger team, a team without the experience, playoff experience, would, would have lost tonight's game. They but they turned around the next game. They play Brockport. Like I said, similar scoreline, but not similar games at all. Brockport, a nothing against New Paltz, much better team, much more all all around team, and matches up a lot better with Oswego. Right. They both teams played really well. Oswego edged it out in the end. Good first half from them, kind of set it up. They had a thirteen point lead at the half, um, which really helped. Uh, they 21 points from Brockport's Jihadi Walls, including 11 rebounds, double-double from him. But it was Cartier, 
Cartier Bowman, who took the weekend Suniac playoffs MVP, 15.13 rebound performance in the championship game. And so just a good overall weekend from them. And then we get Selection Monday. We're all sitting in the selection show cool. with the team. We're sitting there. <laughs> they push it back an hour. It's supposed to be 1. All of a sudden, it's one thirty. All of a sudden, it's 2 o'clock. We're like, oh, boy. Yeah, we got to, like, we got all we, our classes. Like, right. We're, it's like, hello, we have class here at NCAA. NCAA. Um, <laughs> but anyways, we're sitting there. We're watching it. Oswego called early in the bracket. We see it. We weren't the first team in the pod. It was John Carroll first. The team that had been suggested as a place Oswego might go. Oswego yeah. not called... Or John Carroll doesn't get the host. We're like, this could be it. Yeah. John Carroll gets their opponent. It was um, Alberta's Magnus, the team that had upset the number one team in the country, St. Joseph's, that had been undefeated in their championship game. Yeah. So all of a sudden, it's John Carroll, Alberta's Magnus. Where are they playing? Next team, Oswego State, we're hosting. Crowd went wild. Insane atmosphere. It was so cool. And Brian, um, I just remember... <laughs> I just remember from that selection show, it was us sitting down and we're like, yeah, we're hosting. And then a minute a sudden, later, we were like, oh no, we're hosting <laughs> a tournament on the same weekend as the biggest game for the Oswego State men's hockey game at home against Plattsburgh. And we're like, I just saw our sports director, Thomas Turgeon, be like, head in his hands, head in his hands, like. <laughs> Oh, okay. Let's uh, yep. let's figure this one out. So, you know, a lot of things went into that. Um, Huge props to Thomas Turgeon and Merrick Kotowski for yeah. figuring out the logistics of last weekend. Definitely. That weekend went so smooth. Yep. In, in no small part to their contribution. Exactly. To how everything they did, everything they figured out. So, huge props to them for last weekend. But, say, we hosted first game, Marymount University. They won their conference tournament, so they were an automatic bid coming out of the Atlantic Conference, I believe. Atlantic East Conference. Atlantic yep. East Conference, AEC. thank you. The AEC. And Oswego kind of got back to Oswego ways. Yeah. Aki Anderson turned it on in the first in the Suniac final versus Brockport. He was actually the team's leading scorer with a 22-point uh, outing for him. Came back against Marymount on the Friday of the round of 64 and dropped 24 points, a season high for him. They played really well. They kept uh, Marymount to just 62 points. An 18-point win in the first round of the tournament is no small feat. Yeah. And they looked really good. Yep. Then, John Carroll, a much more, much bigger foe. John Carroll, multiple D1 transfers on their roster. A team that matched up Really well with Oswego was a bigger team, just height wise. One thing about Oswego, their big, their tallest player is well, Luke, Luke Vance, like tallest player, is listed at six seven. Doesn't really play, hasn't played a lot this season. I think that is in part due to injury. So tallest player, Cardia Bowman, six six. Marymount comes in with like four or five guys listed at six seven, at yeah. least. So um, it's kind of like, oh, okay, tough game coming up. Even. Coach Leon was saying in the press conference after the Marymount game, John Carroll could be a Final Four team. 66-61 victory. Yep. And, I mean, when I was was producing this game in uh, Lanigan, 
and Brian, when I was watching that game, the first, like, three, four minutes, I was like, John Carroll could wipe the floor with us right now. Yeah, weren't we down, like, 12? I think we were down 12-2. We were. We were down 12-2, and I was just like, oh, no. This is not good. But then something sparked. No pun intended. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Something sparked in this Oswego team. Probably Coach Leon, he just kind of just threw a chair and just said, you want this? Go get it. And they did. They were able to win. And something interesting to note, Brian, is that John Carroll, they pretty much dominated in every single category, as you see here, with points off turnovers. They had 17. Oswego had 12. Second chance points, they had 15. Oswego had 13. And then bench points, they had 21, John Carroll, the Blue Streaks. Oswego had... Zero. That's crazy to think about. That Zero. Was, they nope. had nine bench points total that weekend between Marymount and John Carroll. That's crazy. And that's just not going to do it against Randolph Macon. No. I mean, that is something where you need to rely on that bench. And I, I, I'm just looking at this, and points in the paint, John Carroll, 44, Oswego, 36. So it was just finding that right, right time to go on a run. And basically, they were able to pretty much etch it out. I mean, being able to score 33 points in both halves to um, uh, John Carroll's 31 and 30 in the second and first half. I mean, that, that's going to do it. You you outscore your opponent, you're going to win. Yeah, I mean, talk about the bench points. That's kind of great. It, that's insane. That your five starters draw in 66 points. That is your entire output. Mm-hmm. Coach Leon really has cut the bench kind of out of the rotation here in the playoffs. Joey Roback was the highest minute getter off the bench with just seven. Yeah. Um, I think that's in part to get keeping out of foul trouble, even though you look at the box score, you see Devin Green, Aki Anderson, Jeremiah Sparks, all with four personal fouls. I th- I'm going to say that they probably spread it out pretty well. There was never like a clump of fouls at one point. Right. Um, but... Yeah, you're going to need some help off the bench. I mean, Caleb Cook was the only guy that even took shots coming off the bench, and he had two. Yeah. So you're going to need Caleb Cook to have a good game. You're going to need Joey Roback to really. He's kind of slumped since the playoffs started. Mm-hmm. He's going to really need to find his rhythm early, like it, whenever he touches the floor in the Randolph-Macon, because they need sparks off, a spark off the bench. Again, no pun intended. Because um, they're going to need Jeremiah Sparks to play well in the minute he's playing. But... I mean, Aki Anderson played 40 minutes. He played the entire game. He's going to be... If if this team wants to make a run deep in the playoffs, I don't care how good his stamina is, By by the if they continue moving on, by the time they get there, it's not... He's not... He's going yeah, to be gassed. Gonna you, gassed. Can, you can't run a team like this and try to win a championship. No. It doesn't work. You need, your, you need bench production. Yeah, and I'm just looking at more of the stats for John Carroll. Um, 37.5%. Uh, field goal percentage, Oswego, 48.1. Um, and I think something to note is they were 2 for 19 for 3 10.5% for John Carroll. Oswego, 6 for 17. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the stat lines you got to see. I mean, John Carroll, if they were able to get even a couple more, this could be a different game. Yeah, Oswego continues to be outstanding at defending the three-point 
Um, that I that has to be the difference maker in the game. The fact that they kept them two of nineteen from beyond the arc. Only they had like Chase Top and one of their starters was zero of seven. He was one of nine from the field in the entire game. Luke Chacon, one of their best players, I believe he's up. He's in running for one of, an award for one of the best Division three players this season. Four of thirteen from the field, zero of five from deep. It they played a very good game. Um, obviously, I was working hockey, so I didn't get the really chance to watch that game. But somebody told me after the fact they switched to zone. Um, switched to, yeah, switched into a zone defense, and it really shut them down. And uh, credit Coach Leone for that, yeah. for figuring that out. Because I mean, this was probably their toughest opponent the entire season yeah. to the to this date. But I think we should transition to in now to Randolph Macon yeah. because. This is the toughest team you're going to play the entire season. It doesn't, like, win or loss. Randolph-Macon is, like we said earlier, reigning national champs. They Their win streak, we have a, we're on a 23-game win streak. I believe theirs is um, even better as I pull it, pull up the, pull up their athletics website. They're on a 27-game win streak. Woo. And. Who's going to break? Well. Let's end this put it this way: there, they haven't lost on their home court in since 2018, and that's where we're playing. We're playing on their home court. They're on a 66 game win streak on their home court. Wow. <sighs> ah, the- this this <laughs> there, Oswego right now is trying to do hill, trying to do wind sprints up a hill yeah. that is at like a 45 degree angle. Like that's what this is right now. It is going to take a lot. I mean, and in the biggest stage ever. Yeah. Uh, in the NCAA tournament, Sweet 16. I mean, you got to look at this matchup right here for Oswego. This is the first time they're ever playing Randolph Macon. They have never played Randolph Macon in their history. So this is the first yeah. time they're ever going to play Randolph Macon. And they're reigning national champions. As you mentioned, they haven't lost on their home court in five years. Yeah. Five years. I mean, and that, and now they're going to try and break. I guess I wouldn't call this a curse, but kind of something that's a roadblock. You haven't been able to get past Sweet Sixteen in program history. You haven't been able to get past it, and this is going to be the game of the year. And this is the opponent you need to face to get into that Elite Eight and get to where you want to be um, and keep your season alive. And I mean. You look at those NCA games, I mean, you talk about Marymount, you kind of got a little fortunate with Marymount and John Carroll. Yeah. You're going up against a completely different animal. You're going up against someone who's the national champions, reigning national champions, and also someone who's just been completely dominant. And you talk about how Oswego is really good at Max Zeal. They showed it last week. They're not in Max Zeal anymore. No. And... It's time to head into enemy territory. Yeah, and this is... If they're able to do this, this will probably be... And, you know, this is... this. If they're able to win, this is probably going to be the biggest win in Coach Leon's career. It very well could and be. And in any of their careers as they go on. Yeah. No, it's... It is such a test of will and strength for Coach Leon and this team. But you know what? If there's anybody that can do it, <coughs> excuse me, it's Coach Leone and these Lakers. Excuse me. 
Excuse me. Yeah, sorry. A little cold today. Um, but just looking at this right now, making team their last two, their two games so far, a seventy-three to thirty-six victory in the, in the first round. They were up forty-four to eight over Wilson College in the first, in the round of sixty-four. That was the first half. Twenty-nine to twenty-eight second half. My guess they just took the, their foot off the pedal, took their foot yeah. off the gas. I mean, you're you're up by over thirty at halftime. You don't, you give up less than ten points. I I'm going to assume that the bench started just getting minutes. They took the starters out. Game two, they took on Scranton, thirty to fourteen at the half. They won sixty three forty one. Again, they just outplay their opponents, and they are such a first half team. Looking, uh, just looking at the like the numbers from this one for that, looking at the box score, bench played a lot less in this one. So I'm gonna go with the assumption that their bench played a lot in that first game, which is why the second half was a lot closer versus Wilson. But um, I'm not even trying to pronounce it. Dan- Daniel Mbangwe, Mbangwe, 16 points for him. Miles Mallory, a senior forward for uh, Randolph making 15 points, 10 rebound. He, he's 6'5", so you got to think probably Bowman's going to end up on him. Uh, 10 points from Jabril Robinson, a guard, freshman guard for them. So it's it's going to be a test. <laughs> the one difference is, um, like Oswego, they don't have a guy. Their tallest player is 6'6", six, six. Yep. so that'll help. Um at least height wise, but this team is so good, I'm so good. I was talking to Zach Malvin tonight. Him and Joey Pulaski are heading on the road for WNYO. So if you want to listen to this game live, um, Friday night, eighty-eight nine, eighty-eight nine WNYO. Yep. Joey Pulaski, Zach Malvin will be in Randolph Macon, in Virginia, for this game to cover it live. Zach was saying to me last night that. All of their players are from prep schools. Yep. That like, that's huge. All, like, pre- like I just like if you know anything about high school sports, you know that prep schools run high school sports. Mm-hmm. They are in a class of their own. You never see, prep schools very rarely are ever playing normal public high schools because prep schools just get an advantage because you're paying for high school, which is it is what it is. But so. The fact that this is a D3 roster of almost entirely prep school basketball players, they they are above and beyond anything. This is crazy that they are in D3 right now. I mean, like, it, yeah. it's it's crazy that they're a D3 school because I'm just looking at their schedule this year. 29-1, 16-0 in conference. They yeah. swept their conference. Yeah, they're really good. Um, their last loss was November 16th. It was a midweek game Wednesday against Mary Washington. They lost by six. Yep. 58-52. And I'm going to say it's because the game before that, they went to triple overtime. Yeah. And that was that Saturday. Yep. And they didn't even have a week of practice. Yeah, so... (laughs) And they almost won that game against Mary Washington. Six points, six-point loss. Yeah. It was a tough shooting night. I'm looking at the box where that game currently, they were rough shooting night, 35% from the field, 25% from beyond the arc. But that's not this game. They are going into this game fresh. They're going into this game with a week of practice, a week to watch the 
the film, it's not gonna be easy. Yeah, and uh, and just looking for Oswego, what you gotta do to be able to neutralize Randolph Macon in any 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 way you can is you gotta keep up your three point defense. You gotta keep up your yes. full court defense. You gotta make them be on their toes. Yep. You gotta make sure that you put on the pressure and they don't put the pressure on you. And in hostile territory, it's not easy. I mean they were they were able to squeak out against Brockport their last uh, their last big home or their last big away game against the Golden Eagles. They were barely able to take that Suniac but, you know, that was for the Sunia. This is for the first time ever an Elite Eight ex- elite eight experience for this Oswego men's basketball program. Yeah. and I mean, a lot's riding on this. Yeah. Yes. Too much is riding on this. Yeah. Too, too much. Oh, God. They... And then I'm starting to look at the bracket. And on the other side of the bracket is Johns Hopkins and, U- and Wisconsin Whitewater. Yep. Two and I, Johns Hopkins and Whitewater are other just two good programs. I, I mean, I'm not even thinking about that yet because it's Randolph Macon first. I just know that like it's just an uphill battle, which is how NCAA tournament works. The the good teams move on, but yeah, this this is going to be a game for the ages. They need to be another thing. Like not only does their defense need to be good, they need to be shooting the ball. They act, they need to be hitting shots. They got lucky in the Suniac semifinal versus New Paltz that. New Paltz wasn't matching them very well. They were hitting some shots versus Brockport, but it wasn't enough, I would say. Marymount was an okay shooting game. It wasn't great. John Carroll, they finally started, the ball started finding the net, getting through the rim. Six for 17 from the three. It's not perfect, but it's a lot better than it had been. Devin Green finally broke his cold spell with four of six from deep. That was huge. It needs to continue. You need to see Jeremiah Sparks hit a couple threes in this one, a couple and play the best he's ever played. Like you, ha- he, I'm gonna say he's gonna have to be like 20 points on r- around 50, around 40 to 50 percent shooting if this team wants to win the game. Akia Anderson has been red hot as of late. He's gonna have to continue that. Like I mentioned the the Brockport game and then the Marymount game, he added seventeen another seventeen point performance against John Carroll. It's gonna have to continue. Yeah. And then Bowman and Achilles are gonna have to clean clean the glass on the boards. That's one thing this team has been doing really well, actually, as of late, is the offensive rebounds. It wasn't as good versus John Carroll, but as I mentioned, the height there's a height disadvantage there for them. First time they really had faced that. Mm-hmm. Um we're going. You're going back to a team that doesn't have their height are similar. They're going to have to clean the glass. Second chance points are going to be huge for this team. It is the way they're going to win this game. They have to be shooting around forty to fifty percent as a team, and they have to be cleaning the offensive boards. Yep. That's the only way they're winning this game. They, I mean, I'm looking at this game, Brian. I'm I'm listening to what you're saying. They gotta play the best game that they have ever played in their program history. To win yeah. Game. Yep. You gotta take all your years of being um, coaches, Coach Leo. Like, you gotta take everything that you know, and everything, and all the history of getting to the Sweet Sixteen, almost getting to that Elite Eight conversation, and you need to take all of that, all that motivation, go into this game, 
and put up a fight against Randolph Macon because this is going to be the game that is for the ages. If they're able to make this close, watch out for Oswego because if they're able to upset Randolph Macon and go against either John Hopkins or uh, Wisconsin Whitewater, I mean, anything can happen. Yeah. Literally anything can happen in this NCAA bracket. And then you're looking over to the other um, other side about Nichols and uh, Stockton. Stockton was just able to take a three-point win against Mary Washington, as I mentioned earlier. And then uh, Nichols was able to get a 73-66. Then you talk about uh, Keene State taking a 77-72 win over Tufts. And then Swarthmore, who Oswego beat last season. In they did not. Keen State beats beat yes. Swarthmore. And so, yes. yeah, I, <laughs> that was funny. I remember, that quick was. side note, I remember when I saw the bracket come out I was, and I knew that Keen State and Swarthmore were good, I was like, there's a really good shot that these two face each other again. Yeah. Um, and again, it's in Swarth, at Swarthmore. Yeah. I think that's just a funny coincidence that yep. instead of around a 64 game this year, it's around a sweet, it's a sweet 16 game. Yeah. But, quick, yeah, that's just a funny side note of the yeah. coincidence that Keen State again matches up with Swarthmore. Um, in yeah. Swarthmore. Yeah, that was that was my bad. I, I, I uh, no, no, no. Was Swarthmore? We went to Swarthmore yep. and faced them. We beat Hood and then Keen Hood State. Hood and then Keen State. Yes, um, but and I believe Brian, if we're able to beat Randolph Macon, there's still Randolph Macon does host this, mm-hmm. so we'll be staying in yep. Randolph Macon. We will. For, um, Saturday's game for the Elite Eight versus and man, I'm whoever gonna, you know. Spring break's coming up, right? And um, I know you're heading over to Seattle. Yep. I'm heading over to uh, Arizona, so we'll be in the West Coast. But I'm, I'm saying right now, you know, that 7 o'clock game, I'm going to be listening. Bro, I'm going to be flying. I'm going to be in the air. Gonna I'm not going to know. I'm not going to know. You might you might land, and if you see Oswego winning, you're probably going to jump up in the well, airport. Oh, I'll, Well, I'll be able to watch the Friday game. I, don't, yeah. I fly Saturday, so oh, if they win Saturday. on Friday... I'm going to have no clue what's happening on Saturday. In Saturday, I am going to have no idea as well because I'm going to be landing 7 o'clock west time. Yep. No, yeah. So I, that's, that's 10 o'clock. Too. Yeah. So at 4 o'clock, I'm going to have to be putting on my headphones if Oswego's goes in there and being able to go there for the Elite Eight. And I'm like, oh, Brian, this is just not – at least we don't have to host. Uh, we don't have to do anything for hosting these games because man, yeah, right? Oh my god! If 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 it came back here again, I would feel really bad because everybody's leaving this weekend. Everyone is leaving. So, um, but we'll go over to our Laker oven recap. Yes, I know that you were mentioning earlier that or early episodes that your hot take was. Uh, Kind of, it fell through. It fell through. Unfortunately. And my hot take ended up falling through as well. I thought we were going to face Geneseo. Plattsburgh was able to take it, and Plattsburgh was able to uh, do it. So, you know, both of our hot takes kind of fell through. Kind of got it. Kind of did it. Yeah. I knew we were going to – I said we were going to host, but I did say we were going to host against Geneseo. But, yeah, so both of our hot takes go down the drain yeah. for this year. But, uh it's, yeah, so that is, uh, do you have any last thoughts regarding, uh, uh, you know, anything that's happened? Men's hockey, women's hockey, men's basketball? Um, as far as, I'm going to go with a final thought for men's hockey. Yeah. Um, despite the loss, it was a good season. Can, uh, 
congrats on everything they did accomplish. They were still Suniac regular, regular season champs. So congrats for that. Keep your heads high. You're returning a lot of players. You're losing some key seniors. Obviously, Bunka, DiCarlo, are, and Cahill are kind of the big three names that are coming to my head at the top right now. But you're returning a lot of players. Shane Bull is back next year. He was your points leader. Obviously, Cal Shell can only Bull go Bull up. Brothers. The Bull Brothers. Oh, I'm a big I'm a big Noah Bull fan. If, yeah. if anybody wants to hook me up and touch the Noah Bull, I'm a big fan of yours, Noah Bull. Um, we got to get him on a we got to get him on a pod. We should the both both of them get it. We, we should have both of them. That'd be, that'd be a fun one. They, uh, um, that's a, that's a next season thing. Exactly. I, uh, but yeah, congratulations. Keep uh, tough loss, but keep your head high. You you. It was a good season. You still won this regular season title. Um, so, hopefully, comes back next year and you do the same thing. Yeah, there's a lot to build off of um, for this men's hockey team. Um, you know, they, they were regular season champions. They were being able to host a SUNYAC championship. They know what it takes now to host a SUNYAC championship. Yep. You know, they've lost in the big game, but they can come back, and if they're a good team, they'll prove that they can overcome that loss and win it. Um, last thought for men's basketball. Um, yeah, whatever happens this this weekend, this Oswego team continues to impress. Yes. Continues to be a dominant force in the NCAA. Yeah. Oswego, you know, they're going into a Sweet 16 battle, and, you know, their, their backs are against the wall. But they may not feel like that. You know, Coach Leon, he, he knows that this is going to be a tough test, but maybe he's not, you know, pressuring it as much as saying, you know, making them feel a lot more pressure, just kind of saying, hey, maybe it's, a, it's any other game. Yeah. It's any other game. Kind of go down to a simple simple terms and that it's any other game. It's a sweet 16, but... Faceless like opponent. Faceless opponent. That's what uh, Ashley McGrath said yep. early in the episode. But, yeah, for men's basketball, whatever happens, it's been really impressive. It's been really fun to see this. Um, being able to have them host a pod. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was... That was really fun to see all those games, and you it were was able insane. to you were able to call one of those games. Um, yeah, and that that was, and I was able to produce both the Oswego games. It was just it was really fun to have them here. But yeah, that was gonna do it for episode six of season six of the one hundred and four Sports Support. Congrats to men's hockey, women's hockey, and continuing good luck to the men's basketball team this upcoming weekend against Randolph Macon. We're going to be rooting for you. We're going to be listening while we're up in the air, um, <laughs> flying out west. But, yep. yeah, for Brian Burroughs, I am Alex Brooks, and we'll see you after spring break. Everyone who is students and listening, athletes, listening here, have a great spring break. Enjoy it, and we'll see you at the end of March. See ya.